Hi, we are doing a quick segment about Dark Mouse, The Climb and Other Tales, a project currently on Kickstarter that is going to end on May 5th. It is a wonderful story created by Nathaniel Osoyo, and he's poured a lot of love into this book. It is Dark Mouse, The Climb and Other Tales on Kickstarter. It's also under projects we love on Kickstarter, so usually on the front of the Kickstarter page. Congratulations to Nathaniel. Hello, all you sexy listeners. We have a huge announcement. For the first time ever, all the hosts of Yes, a Stripper podcast will be doing a live show on May 15th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our hosts will be doing performances, there will be guest interviews, and you'll get to ask questions live on the air with our hosts. Tickets are donation-based, and you can find them on yesastripperpodcast.com. Please join us for the first ever All Hopra's Extravaganza. That's a crazy story. My grandmother left her husband while he was at work <gasps> and ran away with my grandfather oh my for gosh. her to come to California. And that's how she ended up in California like 50 years that's ago. That's like something you read in a book. I know. I, know. I was like, I was you pelleted. little slut, grandmother. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Go Grams. She fled her life and yeah. went and moved to California. That's yeah. so poetic. I oh, love that. Wow. Yeah. The poor husband, though. He yeah. gets home from work and his kid and his wife is gone. Oh. Yeah. Did she leave a note? I don't think so. Oh, damn. I didn't even ask. I was like, wow. But he's cold. cold. Yeah. <laughs> Cold. Yeah, cold. It is. <laughs> oh, damn. Hey everyone! <laughs> Hello! I'm Nikki Urban. I'm Kate Siegel. And we are the co-hosts of the Comedy Girl Crush Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and watching slash listening to, uh, to what we have for you today, which is an incredible interview with Coop Foster. So excited to have Coop in the studio. This is going to yes. be awesome. But um, before that, Nikki, how you doing? Oh my gosh. Kate, you know, I we've seen each other, but the, the uh, the audience oh at home gosh, has not. Yes. It has been a couple of months. Um, I feel like before we talk about me, I would like to actually hear about you and the wedding, which was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, it finally happened. We got married. Oh my God. It's done. It was beautiful. It was It was a very lovely wedding. I um, cried. <laughs> me too. Legit did <laughs> cry. You came down the, like, the aisle and it was just like, mm. oh. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was kind of crazy. Like, so I went through the whole conversion process and like becoming Jewish has been a very like big thing for me. Mm -hmm. And it's a big thing in Lawrence and my relationship. And it was really crazy, you know, having a wedding that was just like, you know, it just felt, um, I think the thing that I love about Judaism, it just feels so connected to history. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just was like, really cool to be a part of a ceremony that like in a lot of ways felt very old 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we did that thing where the bride and the groom circle each other. <laughs> like we stepped on the glass. Like we did all these like ancient traditions. And then you go inside and you do the reception. And like, bro, I got lifted up in a fucking chair. It was really cool. <laughs> and swung around. And it was just like, I, I remember having a moment when we were doing the horror of just like, I can't believe this is my wedding. Like, you know oh. what I mean? Like it was like, not just like a cool experience in general, but it was like, oh, this is my wedding this is like now my culture my heritage this is my life you know what I mean it was just like it kind of really settled me I'm like oh I'm Jewish and Lauren says this to me all the time he's like yeah duh duh (laughs) and I'm like no but Lauren I'm Jewish and he's like yeah Uh uh-huh you converted you did the whole thing and I'm like bro no (laughs) you don't understand you don't understand but like it was like a really intense moment of like oh my god this is my wedding this is like this is how I celebrate. You know what I mean? It was just, it felt so cool. It felt so fucking cool. (laughs) I loved it. I I was like, I'm like obsessed with Like we did a Jewish wedding. We had like kosher food, like rabbis walking around everywhere. It was just like Mm -hmm. very, it was very fun. I had a good time. That's awesome. It was very, very good and beautiful and wonderful. And the food was very good. The food was so good. So good. Oh my gosh. Our caterer, uh, catering by Amuna there in Orange County. If you need kosher catering. (laughs) (laughs) they're not paying me to say this (laughs) oh that's awesome and how's it feel now is it is anything changed in the home life now that you're officially married no uh, because we were pretty much married before the one thing I will say Mm -hmm. and this is what I find I find this really interesting like before you know I've heard people say like oh wedding like you know, men, married men are more attractive to women. Men who wear wedding rings are more attractive Mm -hmm. to women because it's like a sign of stability and whatever, like you can commit or whatever. But I never have felt that way. Cause I'm always like a wedding ring to me. tells me that you've got shit going on. Yeah. I'm not interested. (laughs) You know what I mean? You got a life off limits. Exactly. But with Lauren, cause it's, you know, that wedding ring is my wedding ring there's this weird thing when i see it on his finger that i like get really turned on is that weird i no. get so turned on i'm no. like that wedding ring on your finger is so fucking hot lauren <laughs> <laughs> and he just goes really <laughs> It's like the weirdest thing. I never, I've never felt bad about seeing a wedding ring before, but something oh. about seeing on a Lauren's finger really turns me on. That's, um, it's random. No. Unexpected. Yeah. I was not, I didn't, I could never have expected that that would happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, now it's like, I'm like, every time I see it, I'm like, come here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's mine. Yeah. Uh, oh yes. my God. I'm probably very, uh, it probably has something to do with like, possession i'm mm. sure yeah uh, i don't know maybe but or maybe it's like something like uh okay like you're biologically like okay we've made the this commitment to each other ah. here is the visual proof of this like commitment and like biologically you're like ah yes and now comes the baby yeah my body is like baby time yes <laughs> yes it's like ah we have secured our home and our nest and now my body is ready oh my god dude <laughs> that is probably what it is it could be oh my god i bet that is what it is it's yeah. like the visual confirmation that stability is here you can mm-hmm. do it now Mm-hmm. like go for it yeah wow yeah thanks nikki yeah i got to the bottom of that <laughs> <laughs> 
but that was like that's just like one weird unexpected you know yeah. did not uh, did not expect it and it's just a thing but how now does it feel like okay this was a huge event obviously um you know the process of converting to Juda- uh, Judaism and then uh, getting married these were big and they took up a lot of space in your life yeah. and now there is th- like that that space somebody has moved out uh, uh you've moved all of that stuff out of the storage unit uh, yeah. out of your home and into a storage unit and now mm-hmm. you've got this empty bedroom again I wouldn't say the bedroom is empty. Okay. I would say there was a lot of stuff that we had to move into the storage unit to finish the wedding planning. Oh. And now we got like, we just changed places. So, okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Like there's like, you know, I'm still job hunting and I'm still doing all these other things. And then like, we're, we're still working on our house and we're just like getting back to home projects now. And then I've still got stuff going on with my family and like, you know, it's just one of those things. And then coming back to this podcast and mm-hmm. coming back to all of this stuff, it was like all this stuff. I put on hold like writing everything and now it's like the free time is like oh we, you know it kind of opened up and then it was like okay I gotta do this 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 <laughs> this it was like okay now that I have time again I had a huge list of things to get done so how does it feel oh it feels great okay good yeah I mean I'm I'm really excited to get back to my regular life yeah yeah my sister was telling me like a lot of brides have like postpartum wedding planning depression Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. because it takes up so much of your energy and space for so long and then Mm -hmm. you're not doing it anymore and you're like I don't know what to do with myself yeah I'm not having that I'm like I know exactly what to do myself (laughs) it's whatever not that yeah (laughs) it's kind of all the stuff that you and your partner have been building you know already for years yeah right and working towards these goals Uh, it's just the next step of it all yeah now I just get back to Mm. regular life the one thing is like you know people are like oh you guys gonna have kids like it's insane how fast that started yeah like it's crazy I'm like bro let me breathe yeah but I am old so I get it yeah right you know like it's like I get the concern but I'm also just like look man I don't know it'll happen when it happens yeah 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 we're very much like we want to be married for like a year before we even even start thinking about it yeah yeah just like enjoy. i mean you are thinking about it obviously right but like planning and preparing that yeah. is an interesting thing i feel uh like oh never mind i'm not gonna get into that not important <laughs> it's not important all right i don't uh, want to talk about it stop pressing me stop it stop it just stop it Stop it. Just chill out. Now that we have a video camera here, I'm just talking just to, like, like, talking the, to the camera. Um, uh, well, yeah. well, that's great. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it's just, uh, it's, it's nice. It's nice, nice to be back to normal. Yeah. Nice. It's nice to get back to normal for Excellent. sure. Excellent. Yeah. How about you? How have you been? I've been all right. I've been pretty, like, you know, been pretty good the past couple months, like, as far as just, like, uh, evenness and my mental health. Uh, just trying to you know stay even and stay like you know kind to myself or whatever Mm. um I've been talking I've like decided officially like I think a month or two months ago like told people like I'm gonna start doing stand-up and I have been dragging my feet on it because I am tired I am very tired and I get home from like work and I'm not working 40 hours a week but what I'm doing in my job right now is very tiring and I am just exhausted from it so usually I get home and I'm like I think I would rather read today and I am learning to be okay with that that right now I'm in a transition period it is okay if I just take some time you know to not not do this thing that I've been doing like hardcore for 10 years and that it's still okay. Even if we're out of a pandemic, like even if we don't have an excuse to like 
be resting that it's still okay to rest and do something that I enjoy doing that is not this productive thing yeah still working through that a lot yeah dude it's great so I just uh finished taking sketch one with Eric Moneypenny (laughs) so crazy I took it with my little sister um but she took it for her first time but if you're a a sketch alum like they just let you take the class again if you want to and so I just like took sketch one again for shits and giggles which I'm gonna tell you right now if you have not taken if you're a sketch writer and you haven't taken a class in a long time do it yeah just do it or reread your fucking packet from sketch one because like honestly dude like they're all like go to live shows and i'll be like why is this not like why am why am these sketches not hitting for me and then i took eric's sketch one class and i was like oh because they're literally not doing any of the things you're supposed to do in a sketch yeah (laughs) you know having those rules in place does help it helps anyway uh but but he talks about a lot that, and this is Eric Moneypenny, you know, founder of the pack, like, you know, written for the Midnight Show for a decade, like done comedy for so long. He took like a year and a half off comedy at some point in the middle of his career, just stopped doing it. Mm. Um, and I did, I, I think I'd heard him mention that before, but it really stood out to me in this class because I feel like, you know, we talk about, and we talk to a lot of people who are going through these sort of like existential crises with comedy or with performing or like pushing yourself to go, 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 go all the time. And it was really reassuring to hear that like even Eric Moneypenny had like a crisis where he was like, I don't know. Like, I'm yeah. just going to take a break for a while and recalibrate. Yeah. And then yeah. he did. And then it was fine. And it was fine. And he got mm-hmm. back into it because the industry is always going to be there. Yeah. It's literally not going to go anywhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, later in this episode, we're, you know, we're going to talk to Coop about, uh, you know, what, what could have been. Um, and... Uh, and uh, I don't know, it's just very interesting, the, the felt very poignant. Her answer was very good because it it reminds you that like, you know, sometimes the timing isn't a right for things. And even if you feel like you missed out on an opportunity and that's like what, that's the thing that keeps fueling me to be like, oh, anxious about like getting back out there and, you know, doing shows again. It's like this idea that I'm going to be missing out on an opportunity. But then it's like, that's just not how... The universe works. There is ample opportunity until the apocalypse actually happens, which we've already just gone through this pandemic. That should prove that it's like, hey, maybe things are not like when the crazy explosive thing that happens that ends all of this ends or like happens like that's that's going to be it then. <laughs> and until then, we can keep chugging along. Right. Yeah. We can keep chugging along. That was uh maybe a little more existential than needed. <laughs> uh, I just like, I signed up to like get more information about uh, ketamine therapy through mind bloom. Cause those that keeps ending up in my like ads. Mm-hmm. And like, I did this like survey thing and it was like, what kind of things like, do you need help with like career stuff? Da, da, da. Like existential, uh, existential crisis or something like that, or like existential philosophy. And I was just like, that is so awesome that they said that. Yeah, because that's true. Like I struggle with existentialism all the time of like just existing. Have you ever tried microdosing? I do. I have before. Mushrooms or acid? Mushrooms. Okay, right on. Yeah. I uh, I recently experimented for like a week with microdosing acid, and mm. I gotta say, it was crazy. Yeah. Like I'd like you know like twenty minutes into it, I just feel like wow, I'm so happy. You know what I mean? Just like, wow, I'm I'm so happy. I feel like I could do anything. And my sister started laughing and she was like, yeah, it's 
the acid, dude. And I was like, oh, fuck. It's like, that's why I'm happy. Uh, yeah, I remember somebody, she's a, she's a comedian. Um, she like bought Mike, she brought like shrooms off of me, uh, in the middle of like an Astro burger during Hell my yeah. like lunch break from Paramount. Oh, yeah, I was like right so- over there. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was selling mushrooms at the time. Uh, and yeah, her talking about how like she needs them to like microdose and like, that's her medication. I'm like, oh, all right. I've never heard about that before, but yeah, yeah, just chill. I should try that. So nice is our guest today, Coop Foster. Coop, oh my gosh, it is so great to have you here. We've been wanting you for so long. I mean, and also on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, thank you. Nikki's been reading my diary. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. I mean, this is Comedy Girl Crush, and of course, we do have a little bit of a crush on every guest that we have on in some way, shape, or form, and. Uh, it is a delight to perform with you because you are it's a guaranteed fun time like we are we are in for a ride and that's that's kind of how it feels like with you we're like we're all gonna be taken care of because coop is here oh my god that's yes. so sweet this is making me extra sweaty oh my god <laughs> sorry i'm gonna join I did, you right here i <laughs> did not know it was gonna be so beautiful damn uh, thank you i appreciate that that's really lovely to hear yes you're really lovely to exist next to yeah, me. No, really, truly. Like you're, you radiate just such like a beautiful energy. Like the second you walk in the room, you feel it. It's oh, damn. I'm coming here every day. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. Thank you. Well, how are you? Yeah, I am. I think I'm good. I don't know. I feel yeah. like I'm in this weird life changing time right now. Mm. Just turned 40 last week. And I just feel like, yeah, I don't know. Damn, an adult, but I don't feel like an adult. 40? 40 is the new 20. You look so good. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I know, dude. It's all the moisturizer. <laughs> it's all the moisturizer. <laughs> no, I'm right there with you. I'm going to be doing this every second. Um, yes, I know what you mean. That yeah. like kind of transitioning period where you're like figuring out what's kind of next, what you've been doing. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly what it is. You in therapy? Yes, yes. I started back uh, two days ago. Okay. Oh. Congrats. But I was, thank you. Yes. I was doing the CBT therapy on my own, and I was like, well, I, I feel like I need some more help. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. We're not going to talk, we're not going to get into trauma <laughs> on this podcast. Don't <laughs> okay. worry. Do unless, it is, no. unless it is vital to your process okay. as a comedian. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh yeah i know it's a therapy is one of those things where it's like once you do it you're like oh man i should have been doing this forever yes absolutely yeah Yeah. because you have to talk about things that you just don't really think about and it's like oh that's so simple if i say it out loud (laughs) then it makes sense and it's just it's bizarre you're like oh yeah that's why i do that yeah Yeah. it It seems seems so so simple simple. yeah Yeah. you like demystify yourself (laughs) and you're like oh i'm just a regular human i am actually not that complicated (laughs) (laughs) yeah basically yes yes i am not an alien with all these weird thoughts i just said it out loud and it makes sense to this other person yes yeah yeah exactly yes help me understand why i'm like that yeah it's great there's something very freeing about talking to somebody who was trained not to judge you yes that's really what it is because like you know like we can't put that expectation on like our friends because like 
They don't know. We don't always. We don't all have the training on how to not judge when we're like. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. I'm still learning how to not judge. Things. I'm sorry. I just have to keep. Y'all just oh. gonna have to unclaw. Girl, you're so <laughs> fine. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's just I'm learning how to not be judgmental on decisions other people make. So, because I could easily be like, well, that's a fucking dumb thing to do. But also, it's like, I, of all the fucking dumb things that I've done in my life, <laughs> if somebody was standing back and looking at that, they'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> so, it's just like the process of growing and such. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a real journey. Yeah. 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 Now, um, uh, I forgot to mention this at the very top. Uh and I feel like such a jerk for that. Um, uh, but uh, but I'm not a jerk because it's no. okay. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you uh have done a lot of many great, wonderful things. Uh, we've you know we've seen you performing live at the Pack Theater mm -hmm. at UCB doing sketch comedy. You've also done stand up. You've done oh right? no no stand up no, no stand up. Oh, I'm terrified of stand up. Okay, oh. right there with Add you. Into the sweat. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I'm. I don't. I, people who do stand up, I, I you, you guys are amazing. I don't know how you get up there and do stand up. Yeah, stand ups are another. It's like a different animal. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Yeah. I it's it seems terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but you get up and do characters. Yes, and, yeah, yeah, that's and, true. Yes, that's just very true. And you appear as yourself in things. That's also very true. When there is like a structure and someone gives you like a right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, this is very relatable. Um, <laughs> but you are also a voice actor as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, recently you got to uh, take part in the middle space. You were a character on the middle space. Yes, I played Rain Wilson's five-year-old son. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. gosh. It was really cool. It was a dream um, being directed by Paul Lieberstein, even though it was just one day of recording. It was amazing. And just seeing how he works was very cool. He's a very lovely man. Um, yeah, it was an amazing opportunity and did not know I was going to show up in anything. I'm just looking online at articles on variety and my name's in there and i'm like oh, what the fuck is happening what yes. it was the weirdest sensation laying in bed just like reading the news and then saying your own name in there i don't know because i wasn't expecting to even be mentioned because it's such a small part you don't have like a google google notification every time you're mentioned in no, the news because i i feel like, I feel like <laughs> i'm like who's, who's looking out i don't know who cares what i'm doing but uh, yeah that's and that was well, just, you, you better start you better start one because we're gonna be you're gonna be seeing your name pop up a lot more. Facts. I hope facts. so. Yeah, definitely facts. Facts. Yeah. Everybody who works with you loves working with you. So you know, this it's is just really sweet to hear. It's just one of those things, you oh, know. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'll set my alarm yes, <laughs> for yes. myself. Yes. <laughs> so, what was your process like coming up with the voice for that character? Um. Well. I gave them a few options uh, after I read it, and I was kind of like, okay, I'm comfortable doing this voice because it seems like this kid would be kind of like a little badass little okay. fucker. <laughs> so I, I came up with that, and then Paul liked it, so we just went with that, and then we did a couple of different options, me with an accent. He's like, all right, now pretend like you're from this country. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm going to do it. And he's like, yeah, that's the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> So, and literally <laughs> that's the ticket no he, he um, never said that's the ticket i was gonna that say is that like his thing no it's not <laughs> and that never this. happened he's like actually you're not great with that let's do this for a regular voice 
because I was becoming French for some reason. Oh uh, my god! <laughs> oh my god! It's like, yeah, you're getting real French. We need to to just let you do your thing. <laughs> was Rain Wilson? Was he supposed to have an accent? He does have an accent. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's why. Oh, got it, got it, mm-hmm. got it. Yeah, that makes sense. It takes place in a land far, far away. Uh, in, in space, right? <laughs> yeah, in space. In uh, space. Oh, that is so cute. Yeah, man. it was a fun time. Yeah. I really got luck, lucky getting that. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. It just reminds me that there's like a lot of people who like you know critique sci-fi, and one of the things that comes up a lot is how weird it is to portray sci-fi or like space with accents. Yes. Like, why would there be an accent in space if you grew up in space? Yeah. <laughs> Where did you get an accent from? I mean, passed down. To, yeah, I, don't know. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Is an accent in, is an accent in your DNA? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yes. And you pick it up from being around people i mean yeah. all of my family on my mom's side they're from the south so like there's some things that i'll just say that's just very country mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so uh, it's it's in the dna do you like <laughs> slip into it sometimes yeah like... or some things that i'll say i'll i there's a couple words that i have been saying wrong for so long and did not know because no just country ass mississippi people <laughs> in the middle of nowhere they would say it and i thought it was correct i don't even remember the words i was just like Oh, that's how you. You're, I'm. Mm. I'm saying that. I've been saying that wrong. Oh, okay. That's all right. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, we're gonna take a quick break. Um, and but we'll be back in just a short second after a word from our sponsor. Ooh. And now we want to take a second to talk to you about a new book that's out called "With Pleasure: Managing Trauma Triggers for More Vibrant Sex and Relationships." Ooh. Yeah. Uh, it was written by uh, the sexuality journalist and host of the Girl Boner podcast, which is here on the Period Podcast Network, August McLaughlin, and co-written by the trauma-informed sex therapist, Jamila Dawson. This book is a great companion for anyone experiencing the effects of trauma. It explores pleasure, relationships, and community as worthy and essential antidotes in trying times. Some of the things in the book include true survivor stories, expert insight, writing prompts, and grounding exercises, and it is a much-needed alternative to harmful self-help ideologies that instruct people to change their thoughts or choose to be happy. Boo. Uh, boo. (laughs) Instead, Dawson and McLaughlin encourage readers to respect their feelings, understand the complexities of a society and systems that fuel trauma, it fosters self-compassion, and to embrace pleasure so if you want to embrace your pleasure go on chicagoreviewpress.com forward slash with pleasure you'll get a discount we'll get a commission and you'll be supporting jamila and august and supporting yourself in your journey towards pleasure we're back I don't know why I'm a truck driver. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to take him out like that. <laughs> All right. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So before the break, uh, <laughs> you started talking about growing up in Mississippi. Oh, right? no. I didn't grow up. My you family. Didn't. My family. family. Oh, okay. Yeah, my family. <laughs> My family on my okay. mom's side, they're from Mississippi, a tiny oh, town in Mississippi sorry. called Forest. And they, my 
that's a crazy story. My grandmother left her husband while he was at work <gasps> and ran away with my grandfather oh my for gosh. her to come to California. And that's how she ended up in California like 50 years that's ago. That's like something you read in a book. I know. I, know. I was like, you palette. little slut, grandmother. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Go Grams. She fled her life and yeah. went and moved to California. That's yeah. so poetic. I oh, love that. Wow. Yeah. The poor husband, though. He yeah. gets home from work and his kid and his wife is gone. Oh. Yeah. Did she leave a note? I don't think so. Oh, damn. I didn't even ask. I was like, wow. But he's cold. Knows. It's yeah. <laughs> cold yeah cold <laughs> oh, damn uh, you gotta do what you gotta do you know yeah. I, yeah I mean she made it work she yes and she had a I'm sure an amazing life she she sure did grew your mother which mm -hmm. grew you she grew yeah <laughs> <Right? laughs> like exactly um so you grew up in California grew up in California in the Bay Area first we lived in mm. LA well first we lived in the Bay Area then we moved to LA when I was five Oh. Then my parents were very young and they just didn't know that Compton was cheap for a reason. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. yeah. So we had this cute little house, but we went on a family vacation and came back and there had been a drive-by shooting that shot up our entire street oh, and God. into our house, our car, everything. Everything oh, was all no. shot up. So if we would have been there, that could have ended so differently because it was through our living room window. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So luckily we were on vacation, but then we were like, oh, we should probably move. And so ended up moving back to the Bay Area um, as, what was I, like 10, a 10 year old, and then lived there until five years ago. Wow. Mm -hmm. Did you, did you go to school up there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. I still kind of new in LA, I guess. Five yeah, years is kind of new. Five years is still pretty new. Yeah, like. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, did, did you, so when you were, um, so you did high school and college up there and everything? I did high school there. I went to college in New York. College in New York. Okay. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And then did you move back to the Bay after college? Yes. I was like, I love California. I can't <laughs> not be in California. It's just the, I just appreciate it where I lived so much more when I moved to New York, even though I loved New York, it was like very electric and fun. Cause I had always wanted to move there. I started like sending away for like college stuff when I was like 12. Oh wow. Where they would send you the CD-ROM. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I'm going to New York. Yeah. Oh, so you, do. you had your dream and you lived it. Oh, for sure. Hell the yeah. first time I went to New York was the first day I moved there. Wow. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. It Did was, you go with a job or you just like. No, it was just to damn. go to school. I had a hundred bucks. My taxi cost 60. So. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and so I was like, well, I'm here now. And what am I going to do? figure like yeah. so i just went to school yeah. What, what yeah. Did you go to, where did you go to school long island university it's like a private artsy school oh yeah. did you do what did you do there i majored in film and television production uh -huh. yeah. oh. so so okay so you grew up were, were you always into like comedy and performing growing up or is that something you discovered later in life always been into comedy always been into performing my parents would let me stay up late so i could watch johnny carson <laughs> oh my god that's really cute. I would just be like, I just got to see Johnny. And I was just always been. <laughs> Which is so weird because now I watch it. I'm like, what the fuck? Why, why did I care about this shit? <laughs> okay. I 
Johnny Carson. Of all people. Of all people. But I've always like loved Lucille Ball, Carol Burnett, Tracy Ullman. So like when I saw them doing their shows, I, I knew I wanted to do that, but I didn't know what it was called. Yeah. I didn't know like, oh, that's sketch comedy or, oh, you can make a living doing that. I just knew I wanted to do it. And yeah. so I just always did theater stuff, did uh, like after school theater programs, just obsessed with performing essentially that's awesome so then you you did that for college well sort of sort of I would so I did it so that I would be able to do directing and production management Uh but slip myself in there as an actor too (laughs) was that like a was that like a because you wanted to or because you were like oh it's more logical to get into this it's because I wanted to I like the directing aspect but then I was like, well, if I had to choose between these two things, I definitely like performing more, mm-hmm. but I eventually want to do direct something at some point. Yeah. But yeah, it was definitely a fun time. It was one of the best times of my life is going to school and focusing on doing creative stuff because I was working full time doing adult shit. And before I went to college, I wasn't, I didn't get to go to college until I was like 22 because I had to pay for it myself. Oh, so like I was just working full time and I was like, oh, this is a break. Yeah. (laughs) Like a little retirement break. So everybody there, they're like these teenagers who are like, I want to go home every week. And I'm like, honey, this is my break from working full time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is fantastic. Uh, I knew somebody when I was in, uh, when I was in school, I knew someone who was like 24 in my department and I was always like, you got it figured out. Cause like they were studious, they were there to work. Like Mm -hmm. and everybody my age, I was like, we're all just a bunch of fucking 18 year old kids. Like who just got nothing else to do, but go to school. But like, I was always like, oh yeah, man, this was like a fucking choice for you. You weren't Mm -hmm. here. And then you, and it always seemed like, I feel like, do you feel like that? like going into it later and having to save for it yourself made it like a more meaningful experience for, for sure you. Mm-hmm. I appreciated it way more I took things more seriously because I had to pay for it myself mm-hmm. um I definitely appreciated knowing what real life was like outside of college because you know that's people's first time being away from home whereas like I was making memories and I was like oh man I'm gonna remember this forever this I gotta do this experience I gotta experience this I know all the things that I want to figure out here while I have this break away from the real world. So I definitely would recommend transfer to college as a grown ass person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Take some time off. Go when you're like ready to fucking do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you also get to be the cool person who brings the alcohol to the underage parties. Yeah. (laughs) I actually never because I didn't really, that's, I, I didn't really drink nice. too much when I first got there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely woke up on the main lawn. Oh yeah, at, at least twice. Oh no, oh, my yeah. goodness. Okay, but it was like a nice little safe private school, so I was like, I'm just gonna fucking sleep here in the middle of the grass. <laughs> And then people are just like going to breakfast, walking past, and I'm just like, nobody's checking in on you. (laughs) Like, this is normal. Yeah, it just felt normal and very safe. Okay. You just felt, okay, I'm. I can do crazy shit here and it'll be all right. Yeah. College, man. Time and a place for everything. Yes. (laughs) But then, so then after college, what happened? Um, After college, came back here, uh, not here, uh, to the Bay Area. Uh, realized I had to start working full time again. Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. It was such a bummer, but <laughs> <laughs> 
I had to do it. Because um, my last year of college, I didn't even have enough money to afford a dorm room. So I slept on somebody's floor in a dorm and pretended to be them wow. using their swipe card to get in my last semester. Oh. Yeah. So luckily, man, I have great friends. Um, they were just like, yeah, you can be our troll under our bed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shout out to Ren and Monica Santiago. Um, But yeah, after that, I came home, had to get a full-time job, started doing events, coordinating for Academy of Art University in San Francisco. That was really fun because you're uh, 20-something in charge of the parties and the free drinks. Yes. (laughs) Oh, man, I was having a goddamn ball. (laughs) Also for parties that are full of, like, cool, artistic art students, And all the students there are their average age is like 28 so yeah, they're older oh, yeah. Yeah. so it's not it's it's just like oh yeah i'm the king of the nightlife yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was fun kate spent time in uh san fran i've I just did. now oh, shared your I information did. i lived there i lived there for three years uh, after i came back like i graduated and then went abroad and then came back and i was there from 2011 to 2014 oh Oh, wait, where were you? I lived in Richmond, not the Richmond, Richmond, but Richmond. Where my grandmother lived. No way. Yes, I have family that, that, girl, that's the hood. What were you doing there? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I moved with like no money. I like moved back from Italy. I had no money. I got a job up there and I just like, there was a... Okay, okay, Kate. She was gentrifying. That's what she's gentrifying. I know. No, I lived with this. It wasn't like downtown Richmond, but you know the hills that are sort of outside of Richmond a little bit? I love that place. It's beautiful. Yeah. Okay, you were in the fancy part. I was in like the fancy, but I was living in some hippie's attic. I was living in this hippie lady's attic. Her friend Purple helped me move in and out. Of course. (laughs) She was like a very Berkeley lady, um, and I was living in her attic when I first moved up there. I found her on Craigslist. That's amazing. Yeah, it's so cute over there it was cute it's yeah. like this little cute little town yeah vibe. Mm. but it was crazy i learned a lot about richmond when i was up there there was a chevron fire happened while i was there and i oh. like did some research and i was like oh this fucking refinery has been fucking this city up it's for, not- cent- <laughs> for, for centuries for decades <laughs> no they had a fire before i got a settlement from it thank no you way. Oh. Uh-huh. yeah oh yeah it caught fire while i lived up there i remember hearing the sirens and i was like oh my god are we being like i thought it was like an air raid you know what it's- i mean and then i looked out the window and saw the smoke and it was crazy fucking terrifying yeah, yeah. damn yeah damn y'all yeah, definitely so... grew up in richmond in for the richmond. most part because my grandmother my mom lived there as a teenager my uncles and aunts wow yeah everyone lived in richmond right on yeah, yeah. 34th street <laughs> <laughs> dude yeah i know there's a good record store over there right now i don't know oh. it's like it's probably new it was probably yeah. new when i yeah yeah because yeah. nobody was uh, selling Hanging music out over there. in that area <laughs> Um, yeah, that's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. so I lived there and then I moved, uh, to sixth and Howard in Soma. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 So nice. yeah. what is that financial district? No, it's that's civic, not... It was right off of civic center, the civic center. Oh, okay. Part stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. It's the best. I love San Francisco. Yeah. Isn't that, I miss it every day. Is that near, uh, some of the, uh, comedy theaters? Like, Oh yeah! Did you do comedy in San Francisco? Were you were you on um the lobster killing my lobster? lobster? (laughs) I was not on the the lobster. lobster. I like I've I've now I've now met some like I don't know at least four people who were part of killing my lobster. Yeah, Yeah. that was a very popular because there wasn't a lot of sketch comedy in San Mm -hmm. Francisco, which is why I left because there wasn't even enough people to take 
the next level of sketch comedy class. So after the level, they're just like, well, there's not enough people who want to do this, so we're not going to do it. No. So uh, was that where were you taking comedy classes? In games. In games, right? Games. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So I did in games. Uh, in 2007, I did San Francisco Comedy College to do improv. Um, damn, I've been doing this shit a long time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wait. So. so what age then when do when you started taking comedy classes in San Fran? Um I guess 25ish. Okay, so 25, you just turned 40. So now it's been 15 years since you got out of college and started doing it, right? About that. Yeah. yeah. But even but you before, were doing comedy before that. Mm -hmm. And I just, right. I wanted to do it in New York because that was the first time I had gone to UC, a UCB show. Oh. And I was like, oh, fuck, what is this? Because it was the uh. earlier, early 2000, like 2005, four, five, oh, something. Damn. And I was like, whatever the fuck this is, I want to do it. And then I looked it up and I was like, I could, I'll never be able to afford $90 for a class. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're laughing because the yeah. most recent price of a class was like six hundred dollars. Yeah. Insane. Like that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Well, fuck! How am I gonna do this? I have to take the Long Island Railroad to get here, and then I, I and I just couldn't afford it, so wow. I just didn't do it." Oh man. Yeah. Do you have any regrets about that? Because like, I do. Because that was I, the time. I just really wanted to, and I was like, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. When I saw that show, I was like, I need to do this. Yeah. And so I would like look at their website all the time and look at the teachers and like just fantasize about, oh. and a lot of the teachers were from Best Week Ever from VH1. Yeah. 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 You're like, yeah, yeah. Paul Sheehan. Like Michael Ian Black. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I, God, I love these people. I just want to do it. And oh. I was just like, I can't afford $90. Oh my oh God. Oh my God. Dude. I already spent 60 to get here yeah, in this cab. <laughs> Damn, see, that uh, that brings up that, you know, like, that, uh, mm, okay, that makes me, thinking about that makes me, like, angry about how things, you know, where, where it was, like, it was inaccessible, and yet, like, if you had gotten to be a part of that, like, mm -hmm. you would be famous right now. That like, would have changed my life yeah. if I would have started doing that at that time. But also... Because everybody, like, so many people from that time period, they brought each other up because mm -hmm. it was, like, the hot thing. And so many people, just by being there at that time, just got very lucky. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And I definitely... Yeah, my life would have been completely different. But also, I wouldn't have met all the wonderful people that I met now. Yes. I wouldn't have gotten the opportunities that I have now. It's just, it, that wasn't my path at the time. And that's yeah. okay, I guess. No, <laughs> no, no. It's one of those things where yeah. you're just like, I mean, I guess yeah. I have to be okay with this because it, it is what it is, yeah. right? right? But it is really unfortunate. And I think that like, just like talking about this is like important because it's fucked up that getting to do creative shit is financially prohibitive. Mm -hmm. It's yes. really fucked up that it's hard to become a creative person or an artist <laughs> or an actor because you literally can't afford it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's looked at as something as a privilege and it fucking sucks. And hopefully all those people who like have their parents taking care of all that shit, that's amazing. And I hope you appreciate it. And I hope you're taking advantage of that time and not fucking it off. Cause some of us poor people, we would have loved to have that opportunity. And it's just, just take advantage of it. Rich people. Yeah, dude. Cause that's like, Damn. it's, it's, it is such a privilege to get to create art and not have to worry about money. Yeah. Like if I didn't have to worry about money, oh my God. Oh, 
I mean, my every, life would be completely fucking different. You, you know, know, I I thought that <laughs> for the longest time. And then, and granted, the circumstances were a little different because we were in the middle of a pandemic. So, mm. but like when I was collecting unemployment and was like, oh, I just have all of this time. Literally, I don't have to go anywhere. I just have all of this time to create. Mm-hmm. I was paralyzed by it, by the opportunity. It was like I needed all of these things that I had to constantly stay in motion for in order to like not be paralyzed when it came to doing what I wanted to do. Because before I was like fitting into place and like you did it and you were hungry for it because you didn't have the opportunity all the time to do it. It was like, this is my treat for working at this job that I fucking Mm, am miserable at. Yeah. But and also, now it's like when the world's shutting down who who right. wants to be productive yeah, like no. that's a fucking depressing time like yes. everybody's locked down you can't go anywhere it is hard to create because you can't meet up with people or you might fucking die remember at the beginning you're like oh if you yes if you yeah. die like this is just like no so yeah. that was a really weird time like traumatizing emotional toll yeah. i yeah. think of being in the pandemic and just realizing that like one of the reasons it was gonna take so long to get out of it was so many people just didn't give a shit yes that was like emotional paralyzing for me too yeah it really was like a weird fucking time where it's just like i I, i'm still like in the weirdness of pandemic life yeah time doesn't have meaning anymore you're like oh that happened three years ago i that feels like it happened last month this like (laughs) i don't you really do like you lose years of your life i don't like i can't some things feel so far away like like it happened ages ago and it was just like six months ago mm-hmm. too yeah. like the opposite it just makes no yeah so we're all in a weird ha- putting pressure on yourself to create during those circumstances is just were you putting pressure on yourself then at first i was but then i was like no i need to i'm first of all losing my fucking mind yeah, yeah. being because i was like strict lockdown i did not leave my apartment for probably two weeks like not even to go for a walk. Yeah. It was insane. Wow. I don't know what I, I was just like really losing my mind. Lauren and I too. We like if we went outside on the street because we didn't know and nobody knew. Yeah. We were like fucking masked yeah. up and like yep. scarves wrapped around our faces. Uh-huh. Like it was really scary. Yeah, it's such a, a weird time, and it feels like it was recent, but also like forever ago. Yeah, and then you get nostalgic for like being locked down. Yes, yes. <laughs> Remember when, yep. like, the first week we all got on TikTok and how, like, fun that was that everyone was all on TikTok all together and then yeah. it just got sad and boring. Yeah. 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 Are you, you're on TikTok? I'm not. I yeah, can't. Right. I don't understand it. Um, I need somebody to, like, give me an in-depth tutorial, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm just failing me. publicly on it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no better way to fail yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's good love me some public failure that's good <laughs> so so pandemic like okay uh, all right let's get back okay so college then you're in san fran you're mm-hmm. taking comedy classes at what point did you move decide to move to la and like be like this is it um i was coming to this point i used to be married um oh what me too oh yeah, yeah, yeah. baby all right um shout out to Robert Foster he's still a lovely person um but I was like we this doesn't work and I was thinking of like how do I want to spend the rest of my life what are the things that I want to do and like actually pursuing acting and comedy was very important to me so I was like what what am I waiting for life is happening now 
So I essentially started saving up for my job, worked at Lyft headquarters in San Francisco. Hell yeah. And I just told them, I was like, I'm going to move to LA soon. They're like, you want to work in LA? Well, fucking yes, I do. Just so they, that oh, helped cool. me so much. They gave me a job to work in LA so that I could move here a lot easier. Oh. Um, so that made all the difference in the world. And I just fucking did it. I packed up my car, drove at, well, it wasn't even my car. I rented a car. Um, and then my ex-husband helped me pack up the car. I've always loved San Francisco. It's always loved the Bay Area. It's a fucking great city, it too. Really is. It's mm-hmm. a fabulous city. Yeah. And, like, I really appreciated it when I lived there where I would go on bike rides and just cry and be like, I get to live here. It's so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was really hard for me to move here because the lifestyle is so different. Yeah. Like, I walked everywhere in San Francisco. I was able to meet up with friends easily without making months-long plans. I could just be like, hey, I'm at this wine bar down by your house. Do you yeah. want to meet me in like 15 minutes? Yeah. And it would happen. Yeah. Here, it was super isolating. Nobody had time to hang out with anybody. Yeah. If it didn't have anything to do with acting shit or pushing their career forward or whatever, it was hard to make like genuine connections with people. I didn't know anybody out here except one of my friends from college who I rarely saw anyway. So it was just a really difficult time where I cried every day for at least two months. Oh, oh wow. wow. Yeah. 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 I was like, and I would call my grandma and I'd be like, come get me grandmother. I hate it here. <laughs> and she, she would just be like, nope, just stay, just stay. Because when she first moved to California, my grandfather would say, just give it one more year. But he would just do that every year. So she got used to living there. Yeah. And so the, then California became her home and she just became comfortable with living there. So she just kept doing the same thing to me and just like give it one more year just stay just try and i was like yes okay i'll do it and then every time i would seriously think about leaving la something would happen so mm. i was like okay i'm meant to be here yeah i would like either book something or a show would that i pre- pitched or produced for like ucb or the pack would just happen and I was only here for a couple months. So I was like, no, but why are these people giving me these opportunities? And it was just because I was meant to be here. Like, yeah. yeah, I just, I'm supposed to be here. So I need to just settle into it. And now I feel like I live here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. This is the first year I felt like that. Oh. <laughs> the, the year five. Yeah. I think that's like, it kind of takes that long mm-hmm. to feel at home here. San Francisco, you can feel at home pretty quickly. Yeah. Like a matter of months, I think. You like learn the transit and you mm-hmm. know, you learn the city. But LA, I think it takes a really long time to like absolutely feel cool. Like not cool, but like feel like cool with what Relaxed. what the fuck is going yeah. on here. Yeah. And it also helps that the comedy community in LA is the fucking best, the most supportive, loving people who want to see you win, yeah. who will do shit for you, even if you don't know they're doing it for you. It's like the nicest people. I yeah. have only had great mm-hmm. experiences with everybody. In, well, not everybody. Not everybody. <laughs> I will say maybe only like three or four people have been the downside, but those people don't mean enough to affect yeah. my life in any sort of way. Yeah. But, you know. Interest- uh, I was like, I can't imagine anybody having any, <laughs> like, issues, you know, like, you're just lovely. I, know, I don't right? know if that makes Thank sense. You. Yeah. Uh, fuck, I those, know. fuck those people. Yeah, uh, fuck those yeah. people. But also, it was no, it's just it's like their really. thing. They're, they're, they're doing their it's, thing. Yeah, it's their whatever they're yeah, dealing no. with. Yeah. Know, has nothing to do with me. Yes. But yeah, it's just yeah. lucky to be in the comedy community here. It's just very yeah. sweet people. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. I feel that hard. Yeah. 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 Relatable. 
I feel like the comedy community has come to my rescue so many times. Like I am so grateful all the time. I feel like for like what wonderful people, what mm-hmm. weird, wonderful people that yeah. we get to be friends with. Mm-hmm. And that like even those things where you are meeting and you're just talking about business stuff, it comes from such a different place of like, this is our life and our passion and yeah. we are sharing this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And you definitely feel less alone because I feel like, all of us are dealing with mental health shit. Yeah. All of us are dealing with like weird loneliness of being apart from wherever we lived before. Yeah. And we all are trying to do this creative thing together and it's really fucking hard and you deal with the rejection and you gotta, yeah. you know, keep going even though everybody's like, no, that's not quite right. Wow, that's a nice butt on that picture. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that caught my eye. Wait, where is that? <laughs> oh, ah! Nice yeah, that is a nice butt. Okay. It's a very nice butt. Well. <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember what I was saying. Do you have ADHD? Um, a little bit. A little bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Can you tell? Uh, yeah. No. Uh, ADHD sees ADHD. Yeah, baby. <laughs> All right, Coop. Uh, now it's time for a segment we call These Are Five Things. Ta-da! <laughs> First question. Uh, your biggest influence in comedy? Ooh, there's such a tie. Lucille Ball, as she's mm. on my compact right now. Yeah, is, that's adorable. I fucking love her. She's like the first woman in comedy that I was like, oh, she's so cool. I want to be like that. She's a Aww. businesswoman. Mm-hmm. She's a fucking strong ass motherfucker yes. who is just in control. I really love that about her. That was definitely, she's definitely one of my huge influences. Yeah. Hell yeah. I think she's like one of the first female media moguls, right? Yeah. 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 Owning yeah. a studio, like amazing. Yeah. Her and yeah. Sally Rogers from Dick Van Dyke Show. Right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. And then, Carol Burnett, yes. just yes. after that. Yeah. And uh, so Lucille Ball and? And, ooh, we'll, we'll just keep it at Lucille Ball right now because okay. that's that's definitely my top first okay. person I saw. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, what about, like, your family? Was your family funny? I was the funny one in my family. Yes. <laughs> no. Yeah, you were. I bet, I bet you were. <laughs> um, yeah, there's no, I mean... My dad was goofy, mm-hmm. but it was just like, cause he liked to have fun. And I was more like, I'm gonna just perform for everybody, whether you want it or not. <laughs> and you're not gonna stop me. And they would just Wait, let me do it. Are you an only child? No, I have oh. three brothers. Oh. One older, two younger. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This also tells a story. Oh. I don't know what that story is. I don't know what that story is. I didn't have brothers. <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh. All right. So Lucille Ball. That was also yeah. uh, Jessica. Uh, Jessica Mall. Mm-hmm. That was hers too. Yeah. Yeah. Very sweet. Um, all right. Worst moment in comedy so far? Best moment in comedy so far? Um, worst moment. Oh. I don't feel like I've had a worst moment because even like the stuff that didn't go my way, I still learned something from it. Um, I still like built up the, you know, the, the, what is it? I don't know, the energy to accept bad stuff, you know? Yeah. So I don't think I have a worst moment. Best moment so far is definitely, I think it would be moving here and being able to do a shit ton of shows as soon as I got here. Like I felt like there was no downtime and I loved that part of my life where I was just like fucking nonstop 
It's like, if I'm going to live here and cry every day, I'm going to do something with yes. this. And I was just like nonstop after work, writing shit, after I'm writing shit, pitching shit. Before iOS closed, obviously, I was like, hey, I know you guys don't know me, but I'd like to have a show there. And then I pitched them some shit and they're like, here's your slot on Saturday. Holy and shit. And it was just like, okay. everything was just falling into place at that time when I first moved here that it was just... It, that's like I said, that's why I stayed here is just because everything kept happening and it felt great and creating and learning nonstop also while working. I was burning myself out for sure, but it just felt good to just yeah. let all that creative energy come out. So that's definitely the best so far. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. What well, was it that like, how are you meeting people slash did you already know some people out here that you were able to be in a position where people were like bringing you on or was it just you and your like hungriness getting out there and going and meeting people? How did that work out? It was definitely just my hungriness. I didn't know anybody who was doing comedy out here. I didn't know anybody in the theater. I literally came out here, took my first UCB class. I was like, I'm only taking one of these fucking classes because they're expensive <laughs> yeah. as shit. Yes. And then I'm going to learn as much as I can there, get my foot in the door. And then like I had a plan in place. Okay. Oh. So I knew that I was only going to take one class. I knew that I was going to go to as many shows as possible. I knew that I was going to use that as a way to like start putting on my own shit. Yeah. And so and submitting to every year like the sanctum shows yeah and write the craziest shit and knowing it's not going to get on but that got me on the radar of people to be like oh this girl's weird let's put her in some shit you oh, know yeah, and sure. so that led to me just meeting a lot of great people who yeah. saw something that they wanted to work with and were you on a, were you on a UCB team? I've, I've subbed on a UCB team, never finished their class. I mean, I don't, I don't oh. know how I keep getting into these positions. <laughs> like I, I was on a mod team for a show. I didn't, I, I, somebody just said, oh, I've seen you perform before. Do you want to audition to be on the mod team to sub? And then I ended up doing that and I performed on a mod team, but wasn't wow. on it. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, wow. Okay. Right on. Oh, subbing. I never knew that was a thing. Me neither. And yeah. now you're on Tantrum, right? Yes. I'm yes. on Tantrum. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Very cool. What a great group of people on there. So like, many yeah. talented people. Yeah. So lucky to even be considered to be on that team. Really cool stuff that we've done so far. And it's, we've only been a team for three months, like the team of right now for like three months. And so our first show is next. Oh, wait, are we in May yet? Where are we? Yeah, we're, we're May, May 1st today. May 1st, okay. Like, I... I Whoa. No. Well, well oh, we're April recording. 30, sorry, May 1st eight, tomorrow. May 1st is tomorrow. Uh, so the episode will air on Monday, right? So May 2nd? Yeah. So, yeah. so yes, plug, plug uh, Tantrum real quick for us. Tantrum, sketch comedy team, amazing, talented people. Our first show is on the 13th. I'll give you the actual date soon. May, all right, right on. Okay, yeah. great, awesome. At yeah. the Pack Theater. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Oh, oh. Next, next question. Mm -hmm. Was that? Uh, yeah, was good. Okay, mm -hmm. good. Uh, okay. Uh, hype up a friend for us. Ooh. Yes. It can be multiple, but maybe okay. somebody that you think should be a guest on this podcast. Oh, for sure. Haley Mancini definitely should be a guest on this podcast. That girl. We've had her already. Oh, you yeah. have? <laughs> I she, did not uh, watch your episode, apparently. <laughs> she was she, one of her first guests. She may have, if we were doing this back then, she may have recommended you. Yeah, actually. <laughs> well, she was it's one entirely of possible. She was one of her first guests when I joined as a producer. Yeah. And that was like 
two and a half years ago, three oh, years damn. ago. Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, but, oh, but that's we'll awesome. Hayley Mancini. Hayley Mancini is fucking crushing it always. Right? You uh, were a bridesmaid in her wedding, yes, right? Yes, for sure. Oh, cute. Yeah, it was a lovely time. Um, okay, let me give you another one. Um, Ashley Hairston, who is... Wait, her too? <laughs> we got her too. I did. We had her no, too. Ashley was in, I took UCB 401 with Ashley. And then I was a writer on the Diversity Showcase the same year she was an actor. And I just have gotten to like work with her a bunch. She's, She's so fucking dope. So dope. So kind. Yeah. Like, yes. really just an all around great fucking person. Yes. She was killing it and well-deserved success. Yes. Just like you two are energetically similar too. Yes. In that like you bring just like a lot of joy with you oh, when you walk you. into a room. Yeah. 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 Yes. Just like all love. Oh, yes. I love that. Yeah. I love Ashley. Oh, yes. yeah. Great. Oh, yes. That, I love that. Yeah. I feel like I, everybody I name, you're going to have already had on. <laughs> Maybe, it's entirely possible. I love Maybe. that. Great minds think alike. Yeah. Yeah. Got the same crushes. <laughs> I know. We're all crushing on the same ladies. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well. <laughs> Those are, I mean, those are great shout outs, yeah, though. Those great shout outs. Yeah. yeah. And uh, audience at home, you should listen to those episodes if you yeah. haven't already, because yeah. they're great, even though they were from, you know, a long, a while ago. But I feel like the sentiment's still, uh, okay. Yeah. Doesn't they're matter. still good interviews. <laughs> okay. Yeah, oh, for okay. sure. Okay. Um, okay. So, Coop, you've done a ton. You do voiceover. You've produced live shows. You've gotten to perform on Mod. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is something that you haven't yet done in your career that you're like, that's, I, I want to fucking do that? I definitely want to be one of the leads on a show hell yeah i want it to be like comedy and drama i just want it all i want it to be atlanta meets euphoria meets meets, succession (laughs) meets meets arrested development meets all of these things that i love yeah i just my goal especially this year is to make a living off of performing because it's so important to me and i want to put that energy into that you know because yeah life is so short i just i want to do all the things you know yeah, yeah. you have a manager right no exactly. what that seems crazy i don't have me. a manager and i i don't have i only have a commercial agent you're with rain too yeah. right yeah yeah yeah, Shout out. yeah. yeah. oh man when they do friend things are you non-union i'm you union, I, i'm non-union but i'm sag eligible okay Oh, sorry. This are is, you waiting? Are you waiting a little bit? Yeah, because I I get so many non-union things, yeah. and it's just like, well, I'm, sh- I'm schmoozing right now. I'm like, <laughs> oh, you, oh, when they come in, when they call in for like friend things, can, yes. I, can we be in the same group? I'm down. Yeah, because <laughs> I just, and I'm I need a theatrical agent, somebody, <laughs> a voiceover <laughs> agent, please, because I yes. even though I've done a bunch of voiceover shit, don't have an agent for it. I, people just directly contacted me. Oh, That's bananas. Yeah. That's but you know I heard Bill Murray didn't have an agent or like doesn't have an agent. He just like people call him. So yeah. maybe you're just like the next Bill Murray coop. I yeah. fucking hope so. Yeah, you're just gonna I start him. Just gonna start screaming at uh, at people on set. Oh, is oh, that no? No. Yeah. I, no, maybe not screaming. Um, I know he like insulted Lucy Liu. I do oh, remember that story. About this. Oh god, that's, that's so unfortunate because right. I love Bill Murray, and when I I guess I don't know Bill Murray enough to love him. I love yeah. his work and not him as a person. I guess. Why I don't do know. people gotta yeah. be like that, man? It's right? just like why do people who are great performers gotta be like that? Yeah. I have this. Me. I have this theory that some people don't realize how important that they are, and that their weird moods that. Are, go- are going to really affect other people. Like, yeah. I think, I don't know. I have this theory that people think that they are not as 
you know, because they're not trying to be. Is that's uh, you, you I, know that's probably the, the thing. Yeah, because that's true. Like, oh, it doesn't matter if I'm in a grumpy mood; it's not going to affect people. Meanwhile, all these people who love you are like, what the fuck? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I yeah. never thought about that, but yeah, yeah that's yeah. interesting. I hope that's the case with Bill Murray because yeah. he's just so delightful. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want. Anyway, well, right. anyway, fuck that guy. <laughs> I can turn on a dime. I'm like, fuck him. I'm over him now. No, I'm just um, but no, I think it is really cool that you're like still managing to do all of that without a fucking manager and agent. Yeah, like, you. This is this is why someone should fucking sign you because you're gonna get work. I mean, imagine what you could do with a fucking agent. Yeah, so, and yeah. I literally wrote the same thing to agents and like managers that I've been interested in to be like, I've done this. I've worked with these people fucking john malkovich was on the same project as me yeah without an agent i come on let's see what we can do let's make some money and do some cool shit like yeah. make you money yeah. yeah like it's not about the money but also i want to buy a beautiful home <laughs> you know i mean the thing it is it is about about the money for them though right yeah it's just for sure. like you do kind of have to be like hey that i can make you money yes yeah did we talk about this on the last episode where i think we've talked about that yeah where uh i've read this like um autobiography uh by um laura jane grace from against me and uh she talks about like you know getting her um like recording like getting a re record contract and how it's like people in the industry like recording you know whatever industry how it's like they can sell 200,000 records they can sell a million records but they can't sell a hundred thousand records that's up to the artist to do and it's like oh. what you're doing essentially by being the kind of person who's like building up without their help is like getting yourself to those like i'm going to be able to sell a hundred thousand copies just by me being me and amazing and then that makes it easier for your manager to come in and be like haha swoop yeah swoop i'm gonna grab you and now i can uh, utilize this and make something out of this I you are a commodity. <laughs> I hope this is the case. Guys. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It. I. I believe. I believe so. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. There's, Dave Grohl. Uh, there's a really great Foo Fighters song on their first album called "For All the Cows," and it's about being a cash cow. And I think yeah. about that all the time. I'm like, that's all we are to the industry. Uh -huh. Like that's how they look at us. Also, shout out to Dave Grohl. I love you so much. Oh my yeah. god, me too. <laughs> there's yeah. a whole my dream man thing on YouTube <laughs> about why black people love Dave Grohl. Really? No way. <laughs> Okay, why? <laughs> because he just seems like a down-to-earth, dope-ass dude that you just want to hang out dude, with. Yeah. For sure. Did you watch his hot ones? No. Watch that episode and you'll okay. be like, I'm going over. Like, he's just that type of guy that you just, uh, like, I can, I don't know Dave Grohl, but I feel like I can go to his barbecue and he'd be like, hey, let me make you a drink. And then you just hang out. Yeah, dude, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I literally mm. lost my virginity to a guy because he looked like Dave Grohl. <laughs> Hey. It's like, you're close enough. <laughs> you oh look God. back now and he looks nothing I like Dave Grohl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he probably doesn't. No. Uh, <laughs> well, Coop, I'm, well, I think we're both very excited because we will be seeing you starring in a show. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And now it's time for our final question, which is what advice do you have for people who are either just starting out in comedy or who are maybe in the middle of it? Mm-hmm. I would say, not the cliche, keep going, but like take care of yourself, do shit outside of comedy and acting and all of that creative stuff. You just, you have to have a life outside of your work, yeah. even if you love your work, so that you don't take it so hard when you don't get those things you were hoping that you got, you know? Because mm -hmm. yeah. at first I was like, fuck, 
I even had like an audition this past weekend that I was like, I really fucking want this. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get it, but I know that I have other things going on. I know that now they know who I am. They'll reach out to me if they feel like I'm the right fit for the next thing that they do. So I think having a life outside of what you're focused on, like comedy or acting, is very important. So just keep your personality and your life going while you're Mm -hmm. in this grind that can be really sad and frustrating sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's very good advice. That's really good advice. Go see concerts. Yes. Go go do stuff. Go on a walk. Go on a hike. Yeah. Have a hobby that's outside of the rejection bubble of Mm. acting and comedy. What's yours? Um, I do all kinds of shit. Now I've started crafting with my friends. Yes. (laughs) We do like leather crafting. We go to antique stores. We go to just different. We made a list of places we want to go to in LA that we just go to every weekend. It's it's great. Oh my God. (laughs) Me and my partner, Jules, are doing the same thing. He put together a spreadsheet of neighborhoods and we're doing like a number, like a number randomizer. And like every couple of weeks we're going to a new spot on the spreadsheet. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like discovering the city that we live in because we live here. Yeah. This is our town. Now. And there's so much to see. Yeah. And things that I just, there's so many neighborhoods that I've accidentally ended up in. I'm like, why are they keeping this a secret? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, what the hell? That's how I felt about moving here to Atwater. Like, when we first started looking at houses over here, I was like, oh my God, this is the fucking shit. This neighborhood is so cute. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's near Los Feliz, but it's like not near Los Feliz. It's like not hilly. It's flat. Like mm-hmm. it's really easy to bike around here. I love it here. But it's like, I didn't really know Atwater mm-hmm. until we moved over here. It's such a cool spot. But yeah, you just, if you just stay in that bubble of like where the four places you go, like when I first moved here, I went to like four places, UCB mm-hmm. Sunset, UCB Franklin, <laughs> home and work. That was it. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. It was just like, I'm just in this, and I made sure I lived close enough to all four of those places so I could walk there because I didn't have a car when I first moved here. So yeah, you got to get out of that bubble, guys. I love the way Mm. you said, keep your personality. Yeah. Um, Because I think also as a performer, like especially in LA, it's really easy to think that you're supposed to be a type of way Mm. to get ahead too. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And like, it is really important that you like hold on to the things that make you you for sure that i think is truly how you get ahead by being unique Mm -hmm. and an individual right because there's the Mm -hmm. same copycat of everyone with the instagram face that in la Mm -hmm. they have enough of those yeah you know so i'm hopefully gonna be one of a handful of big black ladies with fake dreads that does comedy (laughs) so are they fake? Yeah. No way. Oh, yes, oh. baby. Oh, okay. My hair is a, a curly afro under here. Well, not, oh, this no is not way. like a wig, but you know. Right. You know. Oh, man. I love your Instagram, by the way. Thank you. I like it because uh, you, you like... Your posts are great because they're like like a dump post, it feels like. <laughs> it is. And I love that because I started doing that too, where I'm like, this is a dump of everything that's like in the last like week or so or mm-hmm. two weeks or whenever. Yeah. I don't post often anymore. Um, <laughs> I'm tired of looking at social media. Oh, man. Yeah. You get burned out so easily on social media. Yes. But I definitely post like it's coming straight from my brain, like weird shit, whatever yes. I'm doing or like something crazy as fuck that I saw. And I'm like, this is weird as hell. Look at this. <laughs> 
shoe that looks like sushi. So it's yeah, like none of it makes yeah, sense. Yeah. I yes. want it to be like a diary of my brain when I look yes, back. Yes, it yeah. definitely comes across that way. And that's why I was like, I have to say something about this because your Instagram is the bomb. Like, <laughs> thank you, oh, thank you. Yeah. I got to start like actually looking at people's Instagrams. I feel like I became one of those people that only looks at stories and not posts anymore, I'm which a lot opposite. of people do. Oh, I only look at and I yeah. post not stories. Yeah, yeah. and people will be like, well, if you were really my friend, you'd be watching my stories. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's oh yeah. I'm I'm sorry. Oh, I've gotten that before. <laughs> or like people who assume that you're looking at their stories or that you're paying attention to yeah. their stories and then they're like mad at you. Yeah. Oh, did you not see what I posted? No, I, no, I, I didn't. didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> like genuinely had a friend recently. Like, why would you wait? Wait, are you saying this because I posted this? Like, and then it was on Facebook though, and I was like, I don't. I'm not I don't know I don't know what you posted yeah I'm not even gonna go look at it because I don't even want to know yeah anyways exactly. anyway social media is a fucking beast uh, a uh. fucking beast but we so um coop so good to have you on thank you this was so fun and it flew by and then you guys are great and you're great beautiful people you're, you're beautiful. it's so i like tell nikki this all the time but like nikki knows way more people than i do i'm like i've been here for a long time i'm just a hermit but i love doing this podcast because i get to like talk to people who i've seen perform and like it's just so lovely when people who seem really lovely to you like you get to meet them and they are just as amazing <laughs> as they seem thank you and that's the case with you you are as as delightful and wonderful as you seem on stage thank you. Yeah. yeah so never disappoint you. us <laughs> don't you dare don't change don't you <laughs> dare change you're never allowed to be grumpy or have okay. a bad day okay. or yeah. you know no, I, i'll just try kidding. my best you are you you, you're a human being you got to be tom cruise level fake smile all the time yes <laughs> yes I, I don't have enough teeth for that <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure they like screwed some in there. I don't know. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, Tom Cruise. Oh man, I always bring it back to him. I don't. I'm like weirdly obsessed with him, but just in like a, a curious yeah. way. Yeah, he is a handsome man though. Yeah. He really is. Oh man, when I saw him in Cocktail as a child, I was like, fuck, dude, he's mm -hmm. fine. Top Gun was mine. I was. Yeah. I wanted to be a fighter pilot because mm -hmm. I like you know. Oh. I was like, and then I was like, oh no, I don't want to be in the military. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm calling it. You're yeah. gonna star in something with Tom Cruise. Oh, Whoa. okay. Predictions have been made. All right, I'm interested. Right. Call them. Have my people call your people, Tom. <laughs> I have no people. Call me, Tom. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Coop. Thank you so much. Very excited for the future for you, thank and you. you are the best. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was amazing. Yes. Oh, thanks for being yes. here. Yes. Make sure you check out uh, Coop in the show tantrum at the pack theater if you're in los angeles in just a couple weeks check out the pack theater.com uh, for more information and to buy your tickets mm -hmm. they've got a great lineup of great folks okay yeah, for sure <laughs> uh oh my gosh dude i uh that's my favorite way of how you start the outro oh my gosh oh my gosh, oh my gosh dude. dude it was <laughs> great we gush every time because it's true it's uh, i'm so impressed by coop just the fact that she's managed to do all of that without an agent and a manager. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Without a voice, voiceover manager that she like got that middle space that, uh, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, it is truly bananas that she is not repped. I mean, she, there's, that she doesn't have more than a commercial. Agent. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, uh, that blows my mind. Managers get on this. What do you, why what do, do you hate talent? Why do you hate <laughs> talent? Why? 
Why? Why? Are, you, why are you signing people like David Dobrik for millions of dollars? Yes. <laughs> why? Why are you doing that? Stop why doing, are you doing it. that. Stop it. Stop it. Um, Anyways, uh, this has been a really lovely episode. Uh, we are so excited to be back in the studio and recording. Um, this is we're gonna keep keep back up with this, keep our momentum going. You're gonna see some really great guests coming in soon. Um, uh, for the time being, we are gonna be every other week uh, yes. until we get really launched fully. Um, yes, and we are switching to this new format of having a video, and we will be going live at some point in our video. So prepare for that. <laughs> oh, off the cuff, which is so exciting. Yeah, and we'll be really some old videos for old podcast recordings that we have um, yes. logged away those will just kind of be coming out trickling out yes. as i finish them uh of course you can subscribe to us on all of the places that you uh follow podcasts please give us a listen uh, give us a follow like our stuff leave us a review on apple podcasts you'll be entered into a raffle to win something cool we're still doing that yeah i think we're still doing that we're still doing that uh if i owe you a present find me <laughs> uh also you can find coop uh, Foster. Oh gosh. Oh yes. Okay. okay. Um, uh, let's pull her up. Oh my gosh. So middle space, which is on audible. Um, check that out. Uh, Coop does a voice oh on that. She plays rain Wilson's five-year-old son, which is freaking hilarious. Oh man. Uh, oh, and you can find her on Instagram at this underscore is underscore Coop. This is Coop. Find her on Instagram there. And, uh, you know, she's on Twitter, all of that. Right. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Well, uh, this has been great. Anything else? No, I think uh, we've covered all the housekeeping. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be, yeah, uh, we appreciate you bearing with us for like the next few weeks while yeah. we get back to a regular schedule. But um, we're super freaking stoked to be back and to be on video. Sure are. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> Here you are. Here you are. Hey, everybody. Keep crushing it. <laughs> Comedy Girl Crush was created by Nikki Urban, is edited by Kate Siegel, is produced by Kate Siegel, Mackenzie Mizell, and the Period Podcast Network. Our music is by Rena Hundert, and our artwork is by Ariel Alter. And that's on Period Network. <laughs>